Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time. Put those earbuds in, turn up the volume, because it's the time for another edition of Double Take Sports Talk with the Watch Brothers right now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, don't take what's called. Until then, Daryl, how you feeling? Not too shabby. Not too shabby at all. How about stuff? Well, not too shabby either. I feel like I'm afraid of losing on the mental side. You know all about the mental side of everything. So far. <laughs> so. Hang on. Before you continue. Yeah. I got to share some breaking news real quick. Go right This came out just now. Uh, uh, Marcus Stroman signs with the Chicago Cubs. Who? Marcus Stroman. Oh. Marcus Stroman was the pitcher for the New York Mets. Oh. One of their best starting pitchers. Oh. So he's with the Chicago Cubs. Well, since you're throwing out breaking news, let me share one with you that just came out 48 minutes ago. Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Signs on with, with the, the Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks. Yeah, buddy. Tennessee didn't like him. No. It, well, it is that. But like I've always have said, Ryan Tannehill's success has come off Derrick Henry. Yeah. Now it is showing in his true colors. It's showing his true colors. People just don't get it. They don't, they don't get, get, it. get it. They don't get it. They don't get it at all. One miracle in Miami do not make you the best <laughs> quarterback in the, history of the NFL. <laughs> And then being uh, uh, Derrick Henry's right hand don't make you successful either. <laughs> no. It just don't work, man. No, it just don't, don't work. work. No. Um, before I go into some personal issues of mine, we need to talk about the Pacers and the Lakers before yeah. Thanksgiving. We need to talk yeah. about that because that hit right at home. Yeah, right at Central, the, the heart of Indiana, it hit right there. Now, there was just, there's all kind of reports going out, and I'm not sharing not one of them because I don't know what's real. I don't know what's fake. I don't know what people are saying. You know, they always say, oh, I was there, and I heard them say this, and I heard them say that. But I will say this. The one thing I don't like out of this whole thing is how people is slandering LeBron James based on what he did to get those two Rudy fans out of it. Regardless to how you feel about him, me personally being, I'm not crazy about him as a basketball player, okay? I'm not crazy about him at all, just, you know, on the court. He, to me, don't have a conversation of the GOAT conversation on my behalf but that's just me you know because there's there's never going to be uh a ending conversation based on who's better between jordan and kobe and lebron james and everybody else there's never going to be an ending discussion about it 
it's yeah. all a generational thing. So Absolutely. I let everybody have that. They think LeBron James is a GOAT. Welcome. I'm glad you feel that way. Me, it's Michael Jordan. Me, it's other NBA players that are the GOAT to me. Magic yeah. Johnson, Larry Bird, Dominique Wilkins, Isaiah yeah. Thomas. You know, all of them to me are GOATs. The yeah. generation of the 80s and the 90s, they're it for me. Kareem and Dutch Bar, they're all it for me. But yeah. sidetracking from that, going into the point, I'm not crazy about LeBron James as a, as a basketball player. But to slander him based on how he is, what's the word I want to use? Uh, uh, soft. Let's say, let's say soft. Based on people saying that he's soft, that he shouldn't have gotten him kicked out. Because or what they say, the snitch. There you go, the snitch. It kills me that people do not put aside basketball from a real life situation. situation. This is a real life situation. I didn't hear nobody complaining about this when the NBA first started back up with these fans throwing beer at NBA players and, and, and other things. That Remember when we had a conversation about that? What the hell is wrong with these fans? That's yeah, what we talked about. We li- I literally went through a list of things that happened when the, uh, when the NBA started to allow fans to come back. I went through a list of things that these NBA players were going through with fans that came back into the arena. You know, with, I think it was John Morant and... and uh, Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. And, I mean, I, I'm looking at all of these players here and I said, even then, I believe it was just because it was a, a racial thing and that these fans were upset simply because they made a protest mm-hmm. out of the uh, 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 racial issues that we have been having over the course of the, uh, uh, of the summer of 2020, and they're taking it out on them. It's like, how dare you do this? So now you're going to go and retaliate this way. Now, here in the state of Indiana, we've had this pretty much the same thing. The only difference was there was no food thrown, no nothing like that. It was just a verbal conversation. Now, I know that LeBron would not go that far unless somebody said something that was just absolutely absurd. Right. Right. Real talk. Real talk. Something had had to have gone on, because you had to remember the state of Indiana is a redneck state. Most people don't see it that way, but it is. It is. Believe it or not. It is. Deep red. Deep Republicans. Okay. And these are and, oh, and these people, I'm, I'm about done. And these people are just slandering him, just like how. Back in the 90s, they were slandering Shelton Lee. Right. Go ahead. Let me add to that. And you saying that LeBron James is being slandered, you know, snitching to the referee saying, hey, these fans got to go. They're, they're talking about my integrity. They're doing this. They're doing that. The problem is, is that the fans feel like also 
that they're playing mind games with these NBA players. But what they're doing is, is that they're absolutely showing no respect right. for general purposes. Right. Living your life. Right. Doing your job. Right. This is the problem. Also, aside from, like your theory says, it's a racial issue. Well, let me not say it's a theory, but it's a... To me, it's uh, a theory. I can't prove anything. It's just based on how I feel. It really well, is a theory. Well, it, it, it seems like to me that it, it makes sense because this is now all of a sudden just really came out to fruition. It's, it's, it's there now, you know? Any type of trash talking getting into somebody's ear is something like what somebody would say, oh, Russell Westbrook, you're never going to hit a basket. You're never going to be able to, you know, do this or do that. That's the way of trash talking when fans are trash talking. Or this. CP3, you suck. Exactly. Exactly. Some some people can take it, you know, but some have to kind of like say, oh, whoa, whoa. Uh, 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 slow down, son. Everybody got slow down. You know, everybody got their different ways. But right here, it's just no respect for human life. Point blank. Period. Thank you. Yeah. And I and I feel this frustration. I feel this frustration. I do too. No doubt about it. I do. I do. And the frustration is going to lead right into my personal frustration. My personal frustration being having to sit, having to lay around. Daryl, I hate it. I I hate it. I just completely hate it because I don't like sitting around. But I was forced to sit around Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday because I had a fever. I had side pain up and down my body so I couldn't move anywhere so I was forced to just lay there and sit still unless I had to go to the bathroom but that was it and I keep I keep hearing people say that this is an opportunity for you to kind of slow down to kind of sit down and to kind of kind of hear God talk to you sort of ordeal you know it's an opportunity to really hear what he's saying and it's also an opportunity to for you to catch up on on some reading that you probably have not done and they're absolutely right it's given me three weeks to catch up with a lot of reading it's given me three weeks to still do my blogs it's given me three weeks and it's going to be more there's no doubt going to be more because I probably will not be cleared from this until much later. Um, but I am at a point where I, I, I'm accepting it. Because at first I would not accept this. And I haven't accepted this, as you can see. Because every time I walk out of the room, I hear you. Where's your boot? Where's your crutches? They want to accept it. Took forever to accept. Now I accept it. So I'm I'm going to do the best I can to not be a lot of NBA players in 
wanting to rush their injuries. Rush their injuries because it could be a lot worse. But I understand why they do it. Yeah. So it's just how I'm feeling at this point. And I believe that it's, it, it could not be something just for me. And what I really wanted to say, and I'm not going to go into the graphic of it, because it'd be something for you to figure out. And it had to be off camera on this one. Mm. It may not just be for me. It may not be just for me. Mm. Think about it. It may not be just for me. Well, if you're talking about if you're talking about your um, your injury, I have no clue. Well, let's just say that when I had when I started with this injury, yeah, and when people say that it, it's a time for you, of course it is a time for me, but I also believe that it's 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 far more than just me, if you know what I mean. It's not just me. You have to kind of go around and think about other things that's going on. You me and you talked about this at one point in time. Matter of fact, we talked about maybe on three or four different occasions that we had talked about this. And you had told me that I needed to do something before something happened. And I didn't. So basically saying you need to listen more oh of course i need to listen but part of it is listening and also uh uh what's the word i want to use it's more of uh, i want to use it's more of i can't think straight so this is why i'm up me neither me neither me neither mental health aspect It's a mental health aspect. Self-caring. Not just so it's self-caring, but not just self-caring. I think I have an idea what you're talking about, but I'm still kind of like right that shit lost. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know. How about this? You got your laptop off, and I'm just gonna type it right in here if you don't mind. My laptop is on. That's what I say. You got it on, and I'm ready to type it to you if you are looking at the document. Oh, I gotcha. I had an idea, but I didn't think that was it. That's it. That That is it, and other things that can surround that as well. Not just within that. It is. It can be that, and it can be other things. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Makes sense. So something struck and occurred to me. I was sitting here, I was get to talking to work folk and, and all of that. And one of the things we had got to talking about were also was the Lakers. And the bigger question was, was who's to blame for the Lakers start? Could it be Anthony Davis? No. Could it be Frank Bobo? No. Or could it be Russell Westbrook? I believe so. And I agree. 
Somebody wants to get to know you a little bit more. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that had to do with anything I just said. I don't either. What did she say? I have no clue. Oh. I just hearing black ain't hear what she said. But I agree with you. Russell Westbrook is the bigger problem to the situation. Right next to Anthony Davis. This is why I believe that Russell Westbrook is 90, about 94, 95% of the game because of the fact that he is not focused on the craft. He's not focused on one thing, but he's focused on three. Triple doubles. If you're continuing to focus on triple doubles, What's the main cause that comes with triple doubles? Turnovers. Bingo. Turnovers. So why not focus on one thing? Right. Shooting. Right. Or mm -hmm. rebounding. Right. Or passing the rock. Okay, can I share another one? Good. The fundamentals. Let the game come to you. Yeah, or let the game come to you. Point blank, period. But right now, I need to see this man just to focus on one craft right now. And it has to be passive. Because Anthony Davis is still not playing well, regardless of the fact. And then you got LeBron. He's injured prone. He's hurt. He's not the same as he used to be. And then you got all these other players on the outside looking in that's willing to pick up the slack so either you rotate him or he needs to focus on one craft which is i bring up 2k i learned that when i started playing my career because i was more focused on the craft of triple doubles that's what i was focused on i wanted to give points Rebounds, assists, or points, steals, rebounds, anything that involved a triple double. I wanted to focus on that. But I have started focusing on what the defense gives me. Yep. Back in 2K20, or I'm sorry, back in 2K19, when I won a championship with the Pacers, the first 12 or 13 games of that season, I had close to 100 turnovers going into game 13. Mm -hmm. Going into game 13 on 2K22. Is this 2K22? Yes. Going into 2K22, I got 44 turnovers. Big significant difference. Big difference. Yep. <clears throat> Big difference. And that's the problem. We're Seeing with the Lakers, and I've learned that just playing 2K. Yeah. Mm -hmm. See, 
what you learn in the NBA is what I have to learn in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I have to learn the craft of the game, and that is throwing the football accurately. Letting the, the get uh, you know, take what the different defense give you. Take what they give. You I had to accept that. I had to accept yeah. the fact I'm not always going to get a triple double. Right. If I do always get a triple double, then they're giving me what they're giving me. But I have to accept the fact that I'm not going to get it all the time. That was the first game, actually, the last game when I beat the Spurs was mm-hmm. actually the first time I actually damn near floated with a, a triple double. See. But I yeah. had a double double. Get that. That says if you recognize that, then you'll learn more about the game without having to kill yourself to try to do other things that, you know, may not be essential to uh, your stat line. I had to accept the fact that I'm not going to be perfect throwing the football. I'm thinking about all of these consecutive passes completed. I'm thinking about moving the chains. I'm thinking about, you know, gobbling all up at once. And I don't remember the fundamentals. One yard at a time. You don't have to get it on every first down. You don't have to take your shot on every first down, downfield. Get your running game involved. I, a lot of these things I had to do is what you had to do with 2K in the NBA. Mm-hmm. See, I'm a pick and roll, man. That's how I learned. Pick and roll. Point play period. Pick and roll is by far the most underrated strategy play yes, that you could ever do it is. in the NBA. Yes, it is. Yes, it's it is. underrated. Yes, Why it not? Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people play that well. No. No. I put it into the Kings. We're going to run pick and roll. If y'all don't like it, go Tough somewhere things. else. <laughs> exactly. Tough things. Yep. I had to play pick and roll with you. I'm not oh, used to pick and roll. I'm not used to that. But I sure want to help pick it up or try to anyway. That's how we can win. And that's how we've been winning, too. Fast break and pick and rolls. Yes, sir. All right, so uh, we'll be right back. We're going to head into a, a quick break and get ourselves prepared for uh, our next segment, which will be the platform talk and then we'll come right back for um, uh, uh, the NFL with just me Uh, we'll be right back I can't imagine the pain any family member goes through when they lose a loved one ranging from cancer, natural causes disease, murder to citizens or police Grieving is the essential process of a death of a loved one. When American families lose loved ones, we bring them food, cards, flowers, uh, financial assistance, you know, essential things. I talked last week about uh, Candace Owens and how she slandered black people for their beliefs in racism. But she's not the only black person in America that does that, celebrity or not. There are plenty of... Uh, black people that slander uh, each other and that's where the war stayed within the people that don't believe in racism versus the people uh, that do when she was a victim uh, of racism 
she didn't change to be somebody that she wasn't at the beginning of life. When money and greed comes into play, you are not who you are. You make things seem like that it's okay, knowing that it is not okay. Now, think back and to last week's podcast when I talked about uh, how she was a victim of, of racism and had to, where her family had to file a lawsuit. Take a moment to think about what would she would say to that young man who threatened her based on her skin color now that she believes that America is not racist. Between 2013 and 2020, 98.3% of officers that kill citizens are not charged or held accountable for their actions. Now take a moment to think about that. Think about how many people died unarmed at the hands of police. Grieving families. While you're in mourning, somebody justifies the killing with some stupid stereotype. Like if he had complied with the police, he wouldn't have got killed. Or he should have provoked the police. I don't know how many times I have seen and watched white people have no problems with police regardless of their actions. But blacks have numerous of issues with police. Black families have to teach their children to be still at all times. Blacks cannot run from the police because it will increase their chances of being killed. Watch all the unarmed black men that died under police custody or civil action. And what I mean by civil action is uh, citizens uh, committing crimes uh, towards another citizen. I think a lot about the hashtag all lives matter uh, response. When Owen said that the war should stay within black people, it makes sense. Did that make sense at all to say that? Do all lives matter? Did it matter to James Brown, who died in police custody on July 15, 2012? Transcript of it. Brown. Please, I already told you earlier, I have problems, dude. Please. That's what the medication is for. It's going to help calm you down. Brown. Well, all right. I can't chill like this. Please take it off. Please take it off. Oh, man. Dude. Dude. Please take it off. Please take it off. Take it off. Please take the mask off. I cannot breathe. Please. He then died later in police custody. Did it matter about Willie Ray Banks? Who also died in police custody on December 29, 2011. Police. Willie. Willie. Stop. Banks starts to mumble. Then the police responds, no, sir. And then Banks responds, I can't breathe. Police responds back by saying, okay. Brown responds, oh, I'm sorry. Banks responds back, I can't breathe. Police, you can breathe. If you're talking, you're breathing. I don't want to hear it. Then guess what? Moments later, Banks died. Or Brian Williams. 
who also died in police custody on September 5th, 2019. Please, get the cuffs. I got his hands. Get the cuffs. Get the cuffs. Williams, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Police, yeah. Because you're tired of running. Williams, okay. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Police, we're on the VC-71 code 4. Lift the red while in custody. Williams. I can't breathe. 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 Moments later, Williams died in police custody. George Floyd, Eric Gardner, in police custody. I can't breathe. It's about control and power. Where did black accountability come from that most people are saying? What does that have to do with it? That is the blood on the police's hands for not responding to the I can't breathe statement. When those words came out or comes out, it's frustrating to hear that it's the last words of a suspect in police custody. Why is that painting a picture of their actions before the police have to arrive in that matter? Calvin Reed died in Coconut Creek, Florida, shot 10 times and with a taser in 2015. In 2016, Furman Vincent Valazuna asphyxiated when police officer choked him while trying to arrest him in Anaheim, California. Cristobal Solano, arrested in Tulsa, California, died when police subdued him on the floor of a holding cell in which some had their knees on his back. The incident happened in 2018. Vicente uh, Valilla died after the guards held him down with their knees on his back when he said he couldn't breathe. The officer responded, right, because you have to hold, because we have to, because they have to hold you down. Last year, Carlos Ingram Lopez was acting up, running around naked, so pretty much had erratic behavior. Had him pinned down on the floor of a garage and handcuffed. Police covered his head with a blanket and a hood and held him down for 12 minutes, crying for air, water, and his grandmother. He died later. There are a ton of stories like this out there we know nothing about. Tons of them. Again, I ask, why does black account why, why does black accountability have to be this cruel? Why can't the police actions hold worse by killing, especially when someone says I can't breathe? I described just a moment ago. That police didn't help those in their custody. Instead, they wanted power and control. But the end result being death. Everybody seems to forget that the police didn't comply with those when they said they couldn't breathe. No, if you can talk, you can live. Or you can breathe. Even if they lied. Even if the suspects lied saying that I can't breathe just to try to escape police custody. 
the most that can happen is that police have the compassion enough to understand that someone needs medical treatment. That's a big reason why Black Lives Matter protests are going on. It has nothing to do with whining toddlers in the words of Candace Owens. No comments, no words can bring back those loved ones. That's why the hashtag I can't breathe is so popular. Because that's all we hear amongst the death of unarmed black men when they are being arrested for their crimes. And instead of being arrested for their crimes and taken to jail, they are being arrested and then lynched or killed in the public view. So do yourself a favor and be mindful of the situation before passing judgment. Just like losing a parent to death or losing somebody that you really care about to death. They say, oh, you can grieve and then heal and move on, but you don't really grieve and move on. My grandmother's been dead for almost 10 years. But it would be nine years Christmas Day. Nine years. And have not healed from this death. You never grieve from it. It sits with you for the rest of your life. I miss my grandmother. I'm not even gonna lie to you. She can get on your everlasting nerve. Boy, yes, she can. But you know what? People respected her. She said whatever she, she wanted to say to a lot of people. And they would still spit out some respect to that lady. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am, Sister Watts. I get it, Sister Watts. Because the stuff that she spits out, pure wisdom. It's pure wisdom. It's not anger. It's pure wisdom. She feels she has nothing to lose. She was 87 when she passed away. You know... You don't never grieve from that. You think about that person. Regardless, people are never going to be okay from that. I have people that I've grew up with. Friends. That is still not okay after losing their parents. But you know what? That's okay. Because you can still be able to cherish all the memories that you have with them. You can be able to do that. I wouldn't want to expect myself to grieve, heal, and move on. That person still always got to be in your heart regardless. Regardless of how you want to look at that. And I've always, I've always been a firm believer in that. A lot of people may not believe in me in that, 
Because the one thing that really irritates me the most is when you can have a situation where I'm just going to say me. I'm just going to put myself in this situation. Let's just say, for instance, that I have, oh, four kids. I'm not going to throw a lid in the example, but I have four kids. You know, I'm married and, you know, my mom and my dad still alive. Um, I'm just going to throw in there that my grandmother's still alive. You know, um, and then the situation happens like this. All of that happens and one of my children's died. One of my children's died. The one thing that really ticks me off is when people look at you dead in your face and say, oh, you still have your other three. Motherfucker, that's unhelpful. Let's, let's just be real about that. That's unfucking helpful. Don't come to me talking about how much how much kids I have left. I just lost one. I just lost one. Yeah, I still need to be there for my other three. But I don't need you telling me that I still have three more. What in your right mind will you actually sit down and believe that that's the grieving process? Because at the end of the day, it's still your child. It's still your child. All right, thank you for listening. Welcome back to Double Take Sports Talk with the Watch Brothers. I am Dare and Thurls right across from me. You bet. All right, again, thanks for listening. You could be anywhere in the world, but you are right here with us, spending time with us, talking sports and jibber jabbing along the way. So thank you so much for taking your time uh, with us uh, tonight as we go into topics of the NFL. Uh, if I was prepared, I would be a lot better at this. So let's take a look at the scores for week 12. I got to be real. These last couple of weeks here, the week before Thanksgiving and the week of, was the biggest struggle boat <clears throat> of any holiday oh, yeah. that me and you ever have done. Because we have oh, always yeah. been able to do a Thanksgiving podcast and not have to blink an eye to it. We had to blink our eyes plenty of times to this uh, past Thanksgiving. But nonetheless, I hope everybody had a uh, happy uh, Thanksgiving. Um, I, I know we did, for sure. Still got some Thanksgiving in there. You hear me? And it's, it is Tuesday. We thought it was going to be gone by Saturday. Wrong. Wrong. Well, the only thing that's gone really is the turkey. That's what's gone. And sweet potato pie. Walk Oh, Daryl. That's all Daryl's doing. That has nothing yeah, to do with me. Nobody else in the household. Just well, nobody else. Well, nobody else eating it. So hell, I ate. We already talked about this. I said I wasn't gonna eat it anyway. I know. That's it. So that's why I ate. Congratulations. I ate Congratulations, sir. Thank you for your hard work and dedication for being a garbage disposal. Week 12. 
Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Colts win 38 to, I'm sorry, the Buccaneers won 38 to 31, which technically, in my personal opinion, the Colts are the one. Colts did game. win that game. Yeah. They should have won that game. No yeah, doubt. they won that game. Um, defense uh, struggled at the last minute there, yeah. literally. Um, the Thursday Thanksgiving game started with the Chicago Bears and the Detroit Lions. The Bears won 16 to 14. Uh, the Raiders and the Cowboys, the Raiders won 36-33. And the regular Thursday night game, uh, the Buffalo Bills and the New Orleans Saints, the Bills won 31-6. Sunday games, the rest of them anyway. Uh, the Jets and the Texans, the Jets won 21-14. The Eagles and the Giants, the Giants won 13-7. The Panthers and the Dolphins, the Dolphins won 33-10. The Titans and the Patriots, the Patriots won 36 to uh, 13. The Steelers and the Bengals, the Bengals won 41 to 10. The Falcons and the Jaguars, the Falcons won 21 to 14. The Chargers and the Broncos, the Broncos won 28 to uh, 13. And one note of this, because we was talking about uh, Patrick Sertan the second, Daryl. And to note about him, he is the first different rookie with two interceptions in the game since week three of 1989. You mentioned that, and the person that had that was Steve Atwater at that time. I didn't mention that. I was just talking about his daddy, him and his daddy. Oh, well, I mentioned it now. Then, but. Yeah, uh, the Rams and the Packers, the Packers won 36-28. Uh, the Vikings and the 49ers, the 49ers won 34-26. We're going to talk about the 49ers here in a minute. Um, the Browns and the Ravens. The Ravens won 16 to 10. And the Monday night matchup, the Seahawks and the Washington football team. Washington won 17 to 15. And we are about to get ready to talk about the Seattle Seahawks right now. That is the week score, week 12 scores. Let's go into Seattle for a minute in the heart of Seattle. And let's talk about Russell Wilson. Remember last offseason? Wilson's future with the Seahawks looked kind of Blue, you know, just kind of uncertain there. His agent had least lit had leaked four teams that that would approve a trade deal, uh, waiving his team no trade clause. The Cowboys, the Saints, the Bears, and the Raiders. At this point in his NFL uh, career, where any team would want him now that he is not competing at his highest level and. Uh, this source came from NBC Sports. I have to say, <clears throat> I don't know why Seattle is panicking over one losing season. One losing season over almost a decade that Russell Wilson has been on this tape. And I don't know why he is being labeled as a quarterback that is incompetent to do anything. He won a Super Bowl and made two appearances. I do not understand. This is this, uh, I hate to do this, and I'm fixed to do it, and I'm probably going to get a lot of trouble for this, and I don't really care. This just shows the point that irritates my soul. How is it that Mike Tomlin all of a sudden struggles with Pittsburgh? He's on a hot seat. I don't understand. And, and this is his pretty much his first losing season as well. 
or might be getting ready to be his first losing season record-wise. Then you have Russell Wilson. Same scenario. First losing season since he started and was drafted in 2012. Now he's on the hot seat. But then you have a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick who has to be Ryan Fitzmagic and ain't done a damn thing in his career and he ain't on no damn hot seat. Somebody please explain this to me. What is your thoughts? Well, for one thing, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick's injury speaks for itself. It speaks on the terms of him being on the hot seat. It speaks on the term that he is on the hot seat. He's injured prone. No, he's not on the hot seat. Ain't nobody talking about him that bad. Find one article that talks about him bad for him. Find one. I guarantee you ain't going to find Um, It's not so much of them talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick. <sighs> we all know the deal with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's just not the average quarterback that everybody thinks that he is. Really, Daryl? I had to come on and make a point about that because a lot of people thought he was. Yes, 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 yes. But I'm talking about we as of me and you. I'm not talking about everybody else. We have already seen that he's not your best quarterback. He's just like a, he's just like a customer going into a Goodwill store to get used items or get recycled items. That is what NFL teams use him for. That's what they use him for. And they try to label him, and it's wrong. It's dead out wrong to label him as one of those best quarterbacks as a recycled player, and it don't make sense. That's like doing that to Jamarcus Russell. It's just a stop. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> Go on. I haven't even finished my statement. <laughs> I ain't even finished my statement, bro. I ain't got saying. nothing to say. I'm just like for real right now. I'm just saying, in a general sense, that bruh, it's just not the same with that. Excuse me for a moment. Ah, better. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was gonna get you. I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna get him." I don't know when I'm gonna get him, but I'm, I'm gonna glad get him. <laughs> you did it before I drank because I was so ready to drink. <laughs> I knew I was gonna get you. I knew it. But I didn't anyway, think you would do that. Oh, I, 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 I thought about this all day. Oh. Um. That's why you had a lack of days of your plan and planning because you was planning that one thing. I was thing. planning that thing, yeah. I couldn't wait to do it. <laughs> but at any rate, <laughs> with, well, with Russell Wilson, I said this last year, and I'm going to say it again. I truly think that Russell Wilson wants out of Seattle. The only way for him to be out of Seattle is to keep playing. 
but he is not playing up to his potential. And I think the fans fail to see he wants out. Now, if his agent actually leaked it like he did for the teams that he was interested in signing in, then I'll automatically tell you right there that he wanted out. But they have to say some way, hey, he can't be traded for such and such reason. Because right now, Seattle is not up to par. But I think once Russell Wilson gets out of Seattle, he will be that championship quarterback that we've seen before. Everybody thinks it's the injury. It ain't got nothing to do with the injury. They wouldn't have cleared him as soon as he did. Because he could have sat that out for the rest of the season. I'm just going to be brutally honest when I say that. He could have just said, F it, I'm done for the season, and I want out. That's what I think personally. That's just me. Girl, to me, it is a racial stereotype. That was why I shared it, because it's a racial stereotype. Two black guys that have led their teams to championship wins are all of a sudden on the hot seat, but then you have a clown like Ryan Fitzpatrick who ain't done shit for their team, that teams uh, that he played for, he got to be Fitzmagic. It's a racial stereotype, and that is what annoys me. Yep, it don't have nothing, like you said, it had absolutely nothing to do with the have nothing to do with the injury. It's just all about the fucking racial stereotype that we had to keep looking at with black people. That's that just was, how I feel. I'm sorry, and I was trying to kind of avoiding that. I'm not avoiding it. Well, no, not in that way. I was avoiding it because if people can actually racially stereotype other people, then you know what? We can always say something spectacular about Russell Westbrook. We can always, not Russell Westbrook, Russell Wilson. We can say whatever we want and boom, we get away with it. You know, people talk about the, the Ryan Fitzpatrick ordeal. Y'all can talk about the Ryan Fitzpatrick ordeal, but y'all know the problem. He's not a good quarterback, period. He's not good. He's just not good. Everybody knows it. That's why they make excuses for him. They know that. I know that. We all know that. But it just still annoys me. <clears throat> Meanwhile, from Seattle down to Washington, Robert Griffin III, he wants to make sure that he wants to expose the Washington football team and Daniel Snyder in his upcoming tell-all book about his old team. This would include his medical mishap with his knee, his rookie year, and the working environment while Griffin was the quarterback for the team uh, then, and that was uh, CBS Sports. Um, when that book come out, I will be reading it. I'm going to read it, too. I want to know. I'm getting that book. No doubt about it. Okay. Jimmy Garoppolo, down in San Francisco, is rumored to be on the trade market. Uh, former quarterback David Carr had three teams he believes should be on the market for Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Carolina Panthers, the New Orleans Saints, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. To me, any one of these teams 
is okay. I wouldn't necessarily put him with Pittsburgh, but the Saints or the the, the Panthers, I think, would be fair. Uh, well, based on just based on his picks, if it was just outside my choice, I would say the fucking Jets because they desperately need a quarterback. Zach Wilson stinks. What's your thought? Yeah, Zach Wilson stinks. He should be the one to be traded to New York. But now make San Francisco not a good team. So they got to get something good out of that. Or they want something good out of that. But if it was, I wouldn't do Pittsburgh because you would have to either retire Ben Roethlisberger, not either. He would have to retire in order for Jimmy Garoppolo to go to Pittsburgh. But the Jets and the Saints are the other option too. I agree with that. But if it was anybody outside of that, I'd say it. Cleave the brass. Fair. That's fair. Cleave the brass. Before we get into the last piece of headline um, that needs to be talked about, that had to be talked about quickly, we'll run through the analytics quarterback performers real quick. My top five analytics quarterback uh, quarterback performer starts with uh, number five, Nula Arm Jared Goff. 121.8 passer rating, 84% passing, and 171 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Number four, Russell Wilson, 110.6 passer rating, 64.5%, 247 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Number three, Aaron Rodgers, 97.2 passer rating, 62.2%, 307 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Uh, number two, Matt Jones, 123.2 passer rating, 71.9%. Uh, uh, passing 310 yards, uh, two touchdowns, no picks. And number one, Dakota Prescott, 106.3 passer rating, 68.1% uh, passing, 375 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. And one thing in common here is two touchdowns, no picks. Nobody went beyond three touchdowns without a pick. <clears throat> Who had three touchdowns, one pick? Uh, I think um, uh, uh, Jess Allen. There was people. No, I think Josh Allen did four touchdowns, two picks. Uh, I want the point is the point I was saying is is that nobody went and had three touchdowns with no, no picks. picks. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why I asked who had three touchdowns, one pick. I wouldn't know who had three touchdowns. I can't even think who had three touchdowns, one pick. But I know Josh Allen had four touchdowns, two picks. Wow. Everybody that had a touchdown in that column had a pick. These were the only players that did. Oh, there were uh, some players that had one touchdown and no picks, but. Oh, yeah, enough. No. You got to at least have two touchdowns for it to be considered. <clears throat> All right. Lastly, but not least, we need to talk about this really, really quick. Because uh, I know, uh, Duro, that you're talking about betrayal on your podcast as we speak. Uh, but before we get into that real quick, Otis Anderson Jr. Uh, was shot and killed in his parents' home in Jacksonville, Florida on Monday morning. The father, Otis Sr., is charged in his death with first-degree murder and first-degree attempted murder. He would need Ben Matlock and a miracle to be able to get out of him on that one. And even with the evidence against him, he probably still wouldn't get out of it. Uh, he is held without bond, and his court date is December 22nd. 
uh, there's a tremendous amount of support going on or uh, going out uh, to the family with uh, former teammates and uh, from college and uh, uh, the couple months that he was with the Rams. Uh, he built connections with Ram, play, Ram players. So you can imagine that there's a, uh, you know, brief, you know, built on relationship on that behalf. Uh, again, you recently have been talking about betrayal. I think this is just the first part of your series, if memory serves me correctly. Um, <clears throat> what does this say to you about the situation involving uh, family and betrayal? Because this is a definite, obviously, betrayal of family right here. Yep. So... This right here, Derek, you mentioned that this is a the classic example of betrayal. Other betrayals that sense to this is family, and then you have marriage slash relationship, or you say companionship. Them mm-hmm. are the two ones, and then of course with uh, best friends and and uh, people that you trust the most. I mentioned it. I mentioned it in the first part that. Anybody that you put your trust in and they betray you in any type of way is what it is, is betrayal. And Otis Anderson Jr. is wow. He pretty much just got robbed of his life. He got robbed of his life by somebody he trusted, mm-hmm. which was his father. Even, and let me put it like this. And let me put this in a different situation. Even if his, even if Otis Anderson Jr. didn't trust his father, that is still the classic sound of betrayal. Oh, no doubt. Because you don't expect that type of betrayal. You don't expect that type of betrayal. Not only that, but his mother trusted their father, his father. So that's definitely a bigger issue amongst betrayal. It's a bigger problem. And now you're sitting here. I think the mother's still alive, right? Yes, that's right. That he's been charged with attempted murder. Attempted murder. So now you got the mother, ain't got the husband no more. And she don't have a son because of him. I'm just going to say this real quick. I don't know if anybody's seen it. But if you really want true examples and cases of betrayal, get Discovery Plus and go to the true crime category and find a TV show called Betrayal. Betrayal. You will be amazed at how many people has people that have been betrayed by their best friends, their family members, you will be amazed. I binge watched that whole four or five seasons. Whole four or five seasons in two days. Yeah. And this is go beyond, far beyond Kelly. This money. Yep. Sex, drugs, Mm -hmm. greed, Mm -hmm. everything. This goes beyond everything that this speak of. Oh, yeah. Everything. Now, what was his motive? I have no clue. That's the early investigation. The we'll early investigation. Oh, I'm keeping my eye on this. 
not only that, but on the offside note, everybody heard about the Michigan shooting down in uh, uh, Michigan. Uh, uh, Michigan uh, school was shot up. Uh, we don't even know the motive behind that as well. Um, so in these situations, uh, our hearts and thoughts go out to, to the families in, involved. Um, it just bugs me that when you look at a guy like Kyle Rittenhouse that got off on murder and all these Republicans are wanting him in in turn while all these families are struggling all because they made stupid decisions is what kills me. Yeah, I agree. Anything else? All right, so uh, we'll take a quick break, prepare ourselves for the next segment of the podcast, which is the NBA with Daryl. We'll be right back. All right. Oof. All right. Welcome back. Don't take sports talk with the Watch Brothers. I'm Daryl. Here's right across from me. Mm-hmm. So here we go. The NBA, the biggest headline that I am so crazy about, that I enjoy the most, is the Phoenix Suns. They extended their streak to 17. Now, what happens after? What happened after this podcast, I couldn't care less. But 17 wins in a row. They beat and slowed down Steph Curry. I say that despite the Suns still, if they still going to lose the snap a maybe oh, 18, 19 game winning streak, they're still up at this point. They could go down a line of struggling at this point. They're still up here because they are just playing phenomenal basketball. And right now they're entering the stages of losing players to injuries. So that's going to be the next biggest challenge for the Suns. So Devin Booker got hurt. He has an hamstring injury. Uh, the status is up in the air. So this will be the next big question of can the Suns still win while players are hurt? What's your thought on that? Phoenix is <clears throat> still looking good regardless to oh, yeah. who was injured. Uh, I think they learned a lot in the NBA Finals, and I think they took their learning curve and took that into this season. They're not waiting for the playoffs and the NBA finals to try to reapply what they learned. They're doing it now. Now, now remember, there is a reason why they went undefeated in the month of November. Correct. Correct. Now, remember, they did start off slow. They did. They started off slow, but things just started picking up. Mm-hmm. And then for you to go and play go to state and put them in a spot that they felt like that they was the high mighty, and they came right in to shut that down. Stephen Curry shot his birthday statistic. Yep. I think he only finished 12 points. 3 for 14. Born March 14, 1988. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to brag on Arizona right now because with the Cardinals 
having the best record in the NFL, and now the Suns has the best record in, uh, in the NBA, bruh. There's some happy people in Arizona right now. There's some happy people. And I, I, I'm happy, and I hope it could continue because Arizona need to go on to win the Super Bowl. Um, Phoenix need to go on and win the NBA championship. Phoenix was so close last year. Arizona was close back in 2009. At this point, both of those teams need to win this year. Period. No more excuses. Get and the Mercury was close last year. Yeah. Get it done. Get it done. Get it done. Out there. Just get it done. Get it done. Yeah. Quit blowing the leads with the Mercury. Because then they blow a lead to Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Quit doing that. Quit doing that. Get job done. Get it done. They could have beat Chicago. Y'all got your, y'all got your step back. That's a big setback right there. Y'all got it right there. So now, what y'all got to lose now? All three of those teams right there should be able to win. They should be able to win. No excuses. Now, the Mercury was really hurt. Oh, yeah. They were really hurt. So I hope they turned that hurt into motivation to be able to win a WNBA championship and for Phoenix to win an NBA championship. Candace Parker. Show who she is by being the best underrated player mm-hmm. in the game. Mm-hmm. Now it's time for the Mercury to step up and actually take over. Yep. And Phoenix need to do the same thing and Arizona. Phoenix and need Arizona. to do something. Yes, they do. I agree with you. They got a chance. Chicago Bulls and the Miami Heat, they lose their draft picks for violating procedure. I think it has something to do with the signing, uh, signing trade clause. I think that violated, violated that. Mm-hmm. And they lost, I think, their second round draft pick. By the way, they're looking. I don't even think they need their second draft picks, to be honest. But so far this season, they're still looking pretty solid. So uh, they're looking pretty solid. So this this probably could hurt them if they actually start struggling at the end of the season. They only it could hurt them. So, I'm just talking about that. Okay, now I got to read this. I, I'm sorry, I have to read this. Uh, the NBA had recommend, to recommend boosters further vaccination based on COVID-19 study findings. This is how good homework is supposed to be. When you're doing all your stats studying upon players and leagues and players, this is how it's done. Come on, bruh. Here's another point behind that, what you're saying. When you're doing stat studies, that's part of your homework. Correct. When you are needing to do homework on other things, this is also the way to do it, and it's simply called reading. Mm-hmm. Quit trying to go out and reproduce research that has already been done <laughs> when all you need to do is read. Go ahead. I got an analogy, but I'll share that in a minute when I'm done with this. Mm-hmm. So the NBA has completed a study with infectious disease specialists and testing manufacturers on the preseason antibody test results of 2,300 players and staff, citing further evidence of a need 
for booster doses of COVID-19 vaccines for lead personnel, according to a copy of the study findings obtained by ESPN. The NBA study found Moderna and Pfizer vaccines created higher levels of antibodies compared to Johnson & Johnson and detailed the decline of antibodies over time. The NBA wanted to understand the effectiveness of different vaccines and what different levels of antibodies might mean for risk of infection. Hold it right there. Hold it right there. Before you continue, ladies and gentlemen, homework. Did not, tell you, did not tell you that this is the perfect way of doing homework? That is how you do homework. That's how Quit you do bullshit. Quit talking so much and do your homework. Do your homework. Boy. I ain't done yet. Oh, Hold boy. on, I ain't done. <laughs> the NBA is aware of 34 cases of fully vaccinated players or team staff becoming infected with a breakthrough case of COVID-19 through November 19th, including 31 that had detectable levels of antibodies significantly lower than those observed in the remaining testing population. According to the report, three of the 34 infectors happened with not detected antibody levels, the study said. Now, I mentioned 95%. I was wrong. The NBA has a 97% vaccination rate among its players, the league says. The NBA is using the findings of the report to encourage eligible players to follow the previous NBA slash MBPA recommendation of getting a booster shot. And team doctors are expected to use these results to educate players on the importance of additional vaccination protection. Within the 2,388 people tested in the preseason, 75 produced not detected results, including 11% who had received the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. That percentage was considerable higher than those who received the Pfizer 1% and Moderna, 0.2%. Those results suggest that those received the J&J &J vaccine at least two months ago or a second dose of Pfizer or Moderna at least six months ago are at increased risk of breakthrough infections. If First off, that just showed true leadership, not just on the NBA side, but also on the NFL side. If, if the NBA and the NFL are so willing to do these studies to further educate players on the importance of getting a vaccine and a booster shot, why is it that us, as people that wants to be entertained, cannot take that step to do that for our own personal lives? That kills me. We should be taking the steps the NBA and the NFL is doing and educating other players about the vaccine and the boosters. There's information out there people just absolutely refuse to read because they're too damn lazy. Stop it. Read your information. Do your homework. <laughs> I agree. So I got an analogy. And I'm going to use it in a sports term, okay? This is, now, when a lot of people say that people vaccinated 
but they're still getting COVID and people not vaccinated are still getting COVID regardless. So either way, you're still going to get COVID. Let's look at it this way. You're watching the football game, right? Imagine this. You're watching the football game. Quarterback hikes the ball. The play goes. Flag throws. The play continues. It could be an interception or a tackle or a fumble. Another flag throws. Two flags has been thrown at this point, okay? Now, referee gets on the mic and says this. There are two fouls on the play. Holding offense. That penalty is declined. Holding defense. That penalty is declined. So that means it offsets. We're going to replay the down. That's exactly how it is when it comes to COVID. When people are vaccinated, when people are vaccinated, we are catching COVID because idiots that don't want to get vaccinated, we're going to get it. We're not going to get the actual real bad effects versus the anti-vax people, but we're going to get it anyway. So it offsets. It doesn't necessarily waste our time, but it kills us because we are doing our part, just like the NFL is, by the offense protecting their game on the side and the defense protecting five theirs. So it offsets. Yep. Hello. Yep. Am I wrong? Mm-mm. Oh, no. Nowhere near it. Anybody that watches football know damn well this is exactly what we're dealing with when it comes down to COVID. When you hear the word offset, it cancels each other out. And I don't want to hear anti-vaxxers saying it's finally over because it was a fluke. No, it was just because enough people had enough sense to go get a shot and a booster because you didn't want to do it. Let me tell you what helped that. When they finally got doses approved for kids, everybody jumped on. I went to Kroger the other day. You remember where we got ours at? At the Speedway track? Yep. Right across the street from the track? Yep. That was packed. It wasn't even for the adults. It was all for kids. I'm just saying. I'm glad, I'm glad that that's happened. Okay. And I'm, I'm glad that it happened. But why didn't the adults do this? Bruh. Adults think they know better. They think they know everything. They think they know everything. They ain't got to get involved with it. Oh, I'm going to do my own research. What research are you going to do? We going to do Google searching? Exactly. What are you going to do to prove with your own research that you ain't going to do because it takes a lot more research and information than you think that it would to be able to complete your research. Research take years. If you That's, just sit down and take a few minutes to read, then you might have your answer right there. That's their job. You leave that up to them. Even if you don't believe them, if you don't believe them, that's still their job at the end of the day. It's not yours. Mm-mm. It's not yours. If you felt for every time that somebody takes a flu shot, everybody believes in that. People will be allowed to take a flu shot in a minute because they know it works. 
they know it works. Why aren't you looking at the vaccine the same way? Because it's because ridiculous. We had a narcissistic in the office that kind of changed that for everybody. So. So like, this is why we're having a whole bunch of more issues with COVID. And now we're having this new thing coming out with an addition to COVID. We're in a dead loose spot because people don't want to protect other people. And people don't want to protect other people. Right. And when people do protect other people, they don't want to protect other people. Right. Can't win. We can't win. Right. Can't win. Can't win. So, let's take a look at this last thing. Point guard position. That is Stephen Kerr. Now, of course, just I just pretty much just slandered the Warriors because of the fact that they lost last night. But that still don't contain the fact that Stephen Curry is still having a good season so far. Right. Now, the numbers ain't changed from last week when we did the podcast. Everything is pretty much the same. He's still averaging 27.8%. He's second in the league to Kevin Durant. Uh, shooting 45.8% from the court. He's shooting 41% from three-point range. And he's averaging 6.6 assists, uh, 6.6 assists per game. So nothing's changed on that. So the bigger thing is to look at with Stephen Curry is what's the been success for him so far? And, of course, his workout plans that he's been doing. He changed everything to his workouts to be better. All the money, your mom's will go ahead and invest in yourself. Dieting. Um, uh, and shooting training mainly. I think he's taking anywhere from 300 to 500 shots if that ain't increased. But I'm pretty sure it's 300 to 500 shots. And the way that they train those shots is that he has to make nothing but net. If it ain't nothing but net, it ain't counting. Yeah, he says 300 to 500 shots. He said, um, here's how he said it. He said that rim shots are missed shots. Regardless if they go in or not, they're misses. I think that's a good training. Yes, I really it, think it is. is. Yes, it it's is. It's kind of like free throw. It's kind of like free throw golf. The only difference is, is that three you still get a point. Yeah, you still get a point even if it hits the rim. You know, it's still, you still get a point. But that's kind of like free throw golf. But it, it's still a good training. It, very it good. Very good training. It's a very good training. No doubt. That's good training to me. Point blank period. But my most important one is that he accepted the rule of uh, the bailout uh, ban. Uh-huh. He accepted it. Ever since he threw up that hot garbage that we laughed at when he was trying to get bailed down that shot at the beginning of the season, ever since he done that, <laughs> everything changed. Uh-huh. You hear me? Everything, everything changed. Everything changed. Everything. He knew he would not get that foul. He was like, oh, damn. I really got to get back into this gym and start focusing more. Yep. I'm not getting these bailout fights. You have to earn your shots now. Yeah, you have to literally be more precision. You have to be more precision in the way that you shoot. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You have to be more focused in the way that you're playing your game now. So now you don't have the bailout anymore. The referees can't bail you out. The defense can't bail you out. So now you have to earn your shots. You see what he's been doing. He's been shot creating. Get the open shots, shooting, leaning, fadeaways, fadeaways. He he's hit them all. He's ridiculous, bro. Mm-hmm. He's ridiculous. That's my important one right there. Is that he accepted the bailout? He's, he's doing more 
mm-hmm. and adding to his arsenal yeah, to his game than what he had been doing in the previous years that he's been in the NBA. Previous, what, 10, 11 years? More than that. I think it's 12, 13. Wait a minute. Didn't, didn't he get, oh, 2009. Yeah, 11 or 12. Yeah. No, you're right. Yep. About yep. yep. 13. 13. That sounds more accurate. And even though that he has he has big contracts. Big contracts for more than over $200 million. Why not train and invest in yourself? Get your own chef. Get yourself on that good diet. Bruh, he is killing it. I'm he, impressed. He is. He really is. I'm impressed. Me too. No doubt. Even though he had a he had a rough day at the office the other night, but it happens. It happens. Oh, that happens. What happens when it happens when you study film study on Steph Curry. Because right now he's just the, the guy that's actually shooting the shots. It's what I said about Patrick Mahomes when he struggled. Mm-hmm. He got a target on his back because he knew what he was doing. Now that Steph Curry to figure it out and put so much time and investment on himself, he has a target. It is going to happen every night. It's just up to him to adjust and accept. Mm-hmm. Just like I accepted that rule ban, that uh, bailout ban. Mm-hmm. He's accepted that, and now he is doing different things. He is second in the league in school. Mm-hmm. But he's still in the top 10 for scoring points. Crazy, ain't it? Yeah. So... He still shouldn't free throws, get to the power line, still draw fouls. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that's step occurred for point guard position. That's all right. All right. So uh, we'll be right back for what's next uh, for our podcast next week. We'll be right back. All right. So ne- what's next for uh, Double Take Sports Talk? Next week, we're going to take a look at the scores for week 13, what's trending, and the latest news of the NFL. And then we're going to take a look at my analytics uh, quarterback performance for week 13 as well. Uh, we'll have point guard precision with Durham, and then we'll have the latest uh, NBA headlines as well. That is what we will have for you next week on Double Take Sports Talk with the Watch Brothers. All right. So that ends us again on another edition of Double Take Sports Talk. Of course, we're on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We have the Watch Brothers, uh, Twitter and Instagram at the TSC2414. We're on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel. Search the box, Double Take Sports Talk. Like our videos. And once again, subscribe. And go ahead and say it again. Subscribe. 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 Just like expired. 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 And S Festation. No doubt. And don't hurt say again, some. But that's it for us. Uh, thank you for downloading to and listening to our podcast. I'm Daryl. There's right across on me. Yep. All right. Catch you on another episode of Double Take Sports Talk. Until then. Ciao. Ciao.